Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, November 15th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Isabel Danzis. Here's what's going on near you. The city is currently working on closing their Randalls Island shelter after just a month of use. The shelter served as a place for migrants who have been sent from Texas and the southern border to New York. But yesterday, the city started moving people into hotels. Mayor Eric Adams has faced criticism for closing the shelter so soon after opening. New York Comptroller Brad Lanter criticized the administration for not initially utilizing hotel space. Starting today, all toy guns sold in New York State must be brightly colored or clear to prevent them from being mistaken for real firearms. Other regulations include removing laser pointers from the toys and clearly displaying the manufacturer's name. If companies don't adhere to these deadlines, they could be fined up to $1,000. Good news for walkers, bikers, and runners in Brooklyn. The Department of Transportation is considering making Grand Army Plaza car-free. Grand Army Plaza is notorious for being chaotic and hard to cross. The decision would connect streets on Vanderbilt and Underhill Avenues. Tomorrow, the Department of Transportation will hold a virtual public forum at 6.30 p.m. for residents to offer feedback about the proposal. Today, the ribbons will be cut in front of the brand new terminal at Newark Liberty International Airport. Terminal A costs nearly $3 billion to build and is 20% larger than the previous terminal at a whopping 1 million square feet. The goal for the new space was to crack down on modern security, which will involve touchless security checkpoints and technological advances. Another feature will include multiple dining and shopping options. The public will be able to access the new terminal before the end of the year. Today, the UN is recognizing a big milestone for the human race. Eight billion people are now living on the Earth. This is important because it shows that humans are living longer, healthier lives. The population has doubled in size since 1974. Theater fanatics can now deep dive into the history of some of the city's finest performances. The Museum of Broadway opens today, honoring key milestones in the infamous theater district. The exhibitions will display photos, lyrics, props, and costumes that capture some of the most iconic onstage memories in Broadway's history. The museum will also allow people to take a look behind the curtain, featuring an exhibition that showcases the production process. You can buy tickets now for just $39. A portion of the proceeds from ticket sales will go to Broadway Cares. And Grammy nominations are being announced today at noon Eastern time. Five categories have been added to the 2023 award show, including Songwriter of the Year, Non-Classical, Best Score, Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media, and Best Spoken Word Poetry Album. The Grammys will also feature a new Special Merit Award given to the winner of Song for Best Social Change. Now let's turn to WFUV Taylor Masetta to give us the latest sporting news. Thanks, guys. Well, we saw some Monday Night Football madness last night. And look how the mighty have fallen. The Philadelphia Eagles' quest for an undefeated season ended prematurely last night, thanks to the Washington Commanders. Washington won 32-21. Both teams are back on Sunday. The Eagles will look to bounce back against the Indianapolis Colts, while the Commanders will try to keep the streak alive against the Houston Texans. But we do have some tragic news out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Three members of the University of Virginia football team were shot dead late Sunday night. 
Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler were returning from a class field trip when current student but former player Christopher Darnell Jr. opened fire. Darnell Jr. was arrested without incident the next morning, his motive still unknown. Two additional victims are currently recovering at UVA's medical center. Virginia head coach Tony Elliott says that the team is absolutely devastated and that the free players inspired them all. Hundreds gathered on campus last night to pay homage to the free young men lost. WFUV sends its condolences to the football team and the entire UVA community. With WFUV Sports, I'm Taylor Massetta. Thanks, Taylor. Every month, WFUV brings you Cityscape. Cityscape aims to show off the people, places, and culture of New York City. This time, my co-host Isabel Danzis brings you to Central Park to get a sense of what the city's fall bird migration looks like. Autumn in New York City is a great time. You can enjoy festive fall drinks, the cooling weather, and see the leaves change color. However, fall is also a really great time for bird watching. Birds migrate through the city, making it a really unique time to go looking for them. Fall migration starts in July. Once we get a few hints of northwest wind, just a few breaths, like <laughs> not even strong wind, we'll get the first migrants. That was Dr. Robert DeCanado, a.k.a. Birding Bob. He leads weekly bird walks through Central Park during the peaks of bird watching season. As the group walks through Central Park, DeCanado plays bird sounds through a speaker. What we want is for the birds to jump up. Or makes them using his own voice. As the birds emerge out of the trees, DeCanado points them out to his group of bird watchers. See the brown leaves over here? There's a golden crowned kinglet in there. Just jumped up. DeCanado says that the fall is a unique opportunity to see uncommon birds. You can even see larger birds, like eagles or raptors. Yeah, for me, I like raptors, the diurnal migrants. You know, over New York City on a day with northwest winds in September, October, you can see thousands of hawks on a good day. As you get later in the season, November, with strong northwest winds, you can get a golden eagle here or there. And while DeCanado says that it's cool to see interesting birds in the city, their layover here is an important part of the migrating process. See, in the city, you don't expect to see anything. So when you see something, it's, it's a major thing. But nature can't avoid cities. You know, wherever you go, most people now live in a city. And there are only more and more cities in the world. So if you're a migrating bird or any sort of migrating animal, like a bat or a butterfly, you're going to pass through a city at one time or another. However, it's not all fun and games for the migrating birds that take a pit stop in the city. According to DeCanado, the metropolitan landscape can also pose potential dangers to migrating birds. Cities have a lot of glass on buildings, so birds come down, and say, 5, 6 in the morning, stop migrating, and then they might be in the ground looking for food, the sparrows, for example, and something spooks them, and they take off. And glass is a big problem in cities. Birds will take off and think they're flying into the sky or trees, and what they're actually seeing is a reflection. So they'll hit glass at full speed, and they'll get stunned. And DeCanado says that glass has posed a threat to migrating birds for many years. I imagine it's always happened. If you go back to the 19th century, when lights were put up, put up, for example, the first ones were on Bedloe's Island, which is where the Statue of Liberty is today. Birds immediately started colliding with the statue in late May when they were turned on, and certainly by that fall they were colliding. But the numbers of birds colliding with the light at that time was in the order of 150 to 300 a year. You know, it wasn't major. Even though these collisions aren't recognized as major, 
DeCanado says that the frequent occurrence of these small collisions poses the biggest threat of all. We've had some big kill events with light, and that usually what gets all the headlines, but it's the one, two a day at the glass windows that is actually more over time. DeCanado says that by educating people about birds is the best way to ensure their survival. So if you can get people interested in liking birds, the other stuff, how do we solve the problem, will solve itself. So it's an outreach. DeCanado says this begins by encouraging people to be on the lookout, to get in the habit of calling bird rehabilitators if you see a bird out of place on the ground. You know, again, most people in cities aren't aware that there's nature right around them and how much there is. You know, if, they, if you tell them, it's, oh, that bird should be out in the Adirondacks or, you know, in the Everglades or whatever. But this is an important habitat for them as any place along the way. It's a stopover habitat. There's a lot of food. It's actually a very good habitat for them to get food in. While the fall is a great time to see birds migrating down south, DeCanado also says it is just as exciting to watch the birds come back in the spring. Something to look forward to when the snow thaws. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was my co-host Isabel Danzis talking with Birding Bob, or Robert DeCandido, about the city's bird migration. And that's our show for today. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.